Genesis chapter 28. Beginning at the 12th verse. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, the God of Isaac, the land wherein thou liest. To thee will I give it and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. And will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Chapter 37. Verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright, and behold, your sheaf stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou in, indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream, and he told his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the, dream, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me, and he told it to his father. And to his brethren, and his father rebuked him, and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Verse 18, And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him. And cast him into some pit, we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him. They told the truth there. We shall see what will become of his dreams. Acts chapter 2. Verse 16. 
this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And I want to speak on this subject this morning. What is a dream worth? What is a dream worth? Would you pray with us right now? Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord God, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that you would do the work, that you would move by your power and by your spirit. Oh, God, do the work, Lord, that we cannot do. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, bring every thought into attention. God, move by your power and by your spirit, Lord. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. What is a dream really worth? Paul Harvey, which younger ears would not remember that name, had a radio program called The Rest of the Story. And it was always a joy, for he had a very unique voice anyhow. And, of course, he would always end his broadcast by saying, this is Paul Harvey, good day. And that's the way he would end it. But he told a, there was an advertising that I can recall some years ago, it's been quite a few years now, he was advertising for Bose's acoustic wave radio that was really big back then. And uh, this is before MP3 players and iPods and all of this good stuff. But uh, Bose made an acoustic wave radio Referring to it, he said, it was your dream come true. He said, although it may be expensive, it was really cheap for the price of a dream. After all, what's a dream worth? What's a dream worth? We read to you a dream that was dreamed in the book of Genesis chapter 28 where Joseph dreamed a dream and he dreamed and you, you know it's interesting to hear his dream as he was telling it that um, excuse me it wasn't 28 it was Genesis 37 is interesting as he was telling the dream that he told it seemingly to the wrong people. Because as he was telling the dream, 
They didn't really want to hear about his dream. Uh, there really wasn't any great interest in what he had to say because the dream was one that seemed to be self-serving. He said, I, I had a dream. We were binding sheaves in the field and my sheep arose. And it stood upright and behold, your sheaves stood round about. They didn't just stand round about, they bowed down to me. They were made obeisance to me and suddenly everybody got to thinking, who does he think he is anyway, a little spoiled brat. Daddy's been constantly doting on him, giving him this coat of many colors and all this kind of stuff. And uh, you know, Daddy's constantly uh, spoiling this boy and now he's stuck on himself into thinking that even though he was the youngest, you know, with the eldest was considered supposedly the uh, wisest one among the family, the one that was heir to everything that would be passed down through the generations. And so the youngest was not looked upon as the most honored, but rather it seems as though that according to what we can understand, that the eldest were the ones that were to be honored. But Yet we find here in this particular passage of Scripture, Jacob had a son named Joseph. And Joseph was a dreamer. Joseph was a dreamer. He said, I've dreamed yet another dream. Looks like he would have um, read between the lines and just kept his big mouth shut. It'd probably been a lot better for him. And, but he was so excited about this dream that God had apparently placed into his spirit. He said, I've dreamed yet another dream. And he told it his brethren and said, Behold, I've dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And I can about imagine some of what them elders were thinking, those elder brothers. You've got to be kidding me. They just don't quit. First he's dreaming about sheaves and we're the sheaves. We're out there bowing down to him. Now he's talking about moon and stars and sun, moon, and stars, and we're supposed to be again bowing down to him. They, 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 they were pretty sharp. They put two and two together and figured out who was who in that dream. And... But this time it went a little further. Dad got involved and Jacob said, what is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and brethren indeed come and bow ourselves to thee to the earth? Now you'll never find in this passage of Scripture that Joseph ever one time interpreted this dream for them. But yet it seems as though that they had the ability that when they heard the dream, God had their hearts prepared, that they knew that they were the subject of the dream. And Jacob knew that he was represented the sun, the S-U-N, sun, and that his wife represented the moon. And that the brethren, all of the brethren that remain, represented the stars that were also in the dream. And that they were to bow down to obeisance to him. 
this is two times in a row that he's he's dreamed these dreams and it's it's stirring up a little bit of family trouble that uh, it's not bringing good peace that would somehow you would think that would be brought to the family that God would give a dream and the dream would then be relayed and everybody would say, my God, what a dream. That everybody would say, wow, Joseph, that's a powerful dream. Uh, uh, I don't get all of it, but wow, that's pretty awesome. Nobody said that. In fact, this time... The father of the family, the patriarch, rebuked him. And he said, what is this dream you're dreaming? That somehow I and your mother and all of your brethren would bow down to you. Have you lost your mind? The Bible says in verse 11 that his brethren envied him. But yet his father observed the saying. After he got done rebuking his son, after he got done bringing him down a couple of notches, he began to think that maybe there just might be something. Somewhere there may be something to this dream. What is a dream really worth? What is a dream really worth to you? Has God placed something in your spirit that you have yet to see come to pass? Has God placed something in your spirit that you think, oh God, I must see this come to pass or I will die. Has God placed something in your spirit that puts a longing in your soul for God to move? Something that is so marvelous that you just really don't know how to convey it into words, but there's a dream, there's a spirit of something in your system. I remember going to Washington, D.C. and standing there at the end of the Washington Mall or the there's a reflecting pool there at the Lincoln Memorial. They have these pillars there that hold it up, that the pillars are, oh, I don't know how big they are around, but I, you know, I'm going to guess they're probably, uh, probably 10, 15 feet in diameter, very large pillars that hold the front end of that thing up. And on the inside, there's... Uh, Abraham Lincoln sitting in his chair, a, a statue of him sitting in his chair, and and it's just awe-inspiring as you walk in. And of course, he, you know he's larger than life, so he stands probably fifty feet up, uh, sitting in that chair. And you look up, and you feel so small, but you think about 
the hard times that this man endured. And then your mind goes back to another occurrence that happened in the late 60s as Dr. Martin Luther King stood at that very same steps overlooking the looking pool toward the Washington Monument. And he began to say things like, I have a dream. And he dreamed things. He began to speak of things that did not exist in the hour, I believe it was 1968, that he gave this uh, speech, if my memory is correct. And uh, things had not existed there at that time that he dreamed about, where the blacks and whites could get along together side by side. And uh, Jim Crow law was still very strong, especially in the Mid-South. In fact, I was raised in probably the, one of the most racist cities in America, and that would be Memphis, Tennessee, the very city that took the life of the same dark Dr. Martin Luther King. I've been to the Lorraine Motel. I've been in that room that they have got it recreated where he spent his last day. And uh, I've been to the place across the way where the gunman supposedly shot out the window at him and uh, have been all through that. It was a moving experience of how how far we as a nation have come. Uh, I realize we've got a ways yet to go in issues of racism, but I, I also know that we've come a, a long, long ways. And it was because of one man's dream, and, and uh, he gave his life for that dream. But yet, still today, I, I, I don't know if God's actually asking for you to give up your life for your dream, but yet I wonder exactly what is the price of a dream. What exactly are you willing to do to see the things come to pass that God has placed in your spirit? He did not place it there by accident, but he placed it there by divine purpose that there would be something that would stir your spirit. That you would say, my God, I don't know how I'm going to get there but by the grace of God something's got to change something's got to happen I must see that things happen what is the price of a dream what is the dream worth we find that Jacob had traveled away from his brother after he had deceived him. He fled for his life. You talk about a dysfunctional family. Even though God was involved in it, there was, there was some serious problems. Uh, you know, you had uh, his daddy had his pick and mama had her pick. And uh, they, they worked one another against the other. And finally, when Esau found out that he had been cheated out of his blessing, that's when his wrath turned toward Jacob, and Jacob fled for his life. And in the 28th chapter, Jacob says he went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. He took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and laid down in that place to sleep. 
And as he began to dream, God began to show him things in the spirit. He began to see what happens on a daily basis. He said, I saw a ladder. He's what he's dreaming. I saw a ladder. And on that ladder, there's angels that are going up, and then there's other angels that are going down. God was giving him direction to show him that angelic forces do the workings of the Spirit of God on a daily basis. And they come to and fro from heaven to the earth to do the bidding of the Lord and then to return back to report it. And he was seeing these spiritual dynamics. And uh, God let him see these things. This We're talking about a guy that lied through his face to his daddy about the uh, uh, having the goat's hair on him and all this kind of stuff. He, he lied his way to his blessing but yet there was still something in the heart of Jacob that in spite of the fact that he went to, to, to try to deceive to get what he wanted there was something deeper down in his spirit that longed for the things of God and so God said I'm going to put you through the hardness so that I can take some of that out of you but yet I know that down deep in your spirit there is a longing for the things of God and when he laid down that night God said, I'll pull the curtain back and I'll let you behold the things that occur in the spirit that you can behold the angels of the Lord as they come to and from earth. And the Lord stood above it. He said, I'm the Lord God of Abraham, thy father and the God of Isaac and the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it to thy seed and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He said I'm seeing some things happen. I see that there's going to be a covenant that's going to come between me and you even as it was come to your dad and your grandfather, now that covenant is now passed on to you. Even though you've got some work ahead of you, there's some things that I've got to put in your spirit and let you know that the covenant that I have is being passed down and there's going to be some great things. And from this memory of this dream, don't you think that when he stood before Joseph and Joseph said, I've dreamed a dream. Oh, yes, and the sheep was there and and I, my sheep stood up, and there were 12 sheaves that bowed around me and made obedience to me. And no doubt that he stood there and he thought, my God, what on earth is happening in my family? God's doing something. I don't understand it, but there's a dream here that God has given my boy. Wait a minute, I've dreamed another dream sun and the moon and the stars they all bowed down and what his brethren mistook as being a brat and being a spoiled child daddy observed the sayings because he remembered his own dreams and how that his dreams brought him to where he was at right now let me tell you something about dreams they're not always complete 
but yet there's enough in the dream to bring forth something in your spirit. There's still enough there to bring something to life in your spirit that says, I've got to have that. I've got to have that. I long for that. I must have that. Maybe it was one night in service and God begins to move and someone is moved on by the gift of the spirit and suddenly a dream was dropped into your spirit and you begin to think, oh God, if only I could be used in the gifts of the Spirit. If only I could step forward and do more for God. And God put that dream in your spirit. What is a dream worth to you? Somebody pray right now. Sunday morning I can sense that some of our minds are scattered a lot has occurred this morning many of you are very weary both in body and spirit and that can affect our human spirit but I want to tell you something in this house this morning you can't afford to let this message slip by you not that I'm that important in my words and my personal words. They're not that important. But I said, God, even this morning when my eyes awoke, I said, Lord, let my words be your words, Lord. Speak, Lord, what you would have to say today. My words aren't that important, God. But your words, Lord God, they give eternal life. Oh, God, speak, Lord, to us today. The things that you would have us to know. There are many here today that you sit there and you have such talent and such potential. But yet, yet still, there's no growth. There's been nothing that's changed in your spirit. And you sit there and you think, oh, I would love to see God do this and there's things that God's put in your spirit that you would long for God to do but yet you've never acted on that dream. You've never put a price on that dream. You've never attempted to arise and say I'm ready to bring that dream to pass. I'm ready for God to open doors that I could walk on through. In my humanity, sometimes I wonder, have I wasted my breath? No one seems to listen anymore. We come and be entertained by preaching. And that's not what it's intended for. Preaching is never intended for you to be entertained. But preaching is intended to change you and to lift you up and to propel you into the direct purpose and will of God. God. 
If it doesn't do that, there's something wrong with your perception of the word and the preached word. My God, today, I, I know, I realize that there's many things that's going on in different lives today. And I, I'm sure the things that are happening that I have no idea about. But one thing I can affirm today, that God has placed a dream in your spirit. God has placed a longing desire for greater things of the spirit in down in your soul but yet you've never acted on it you've never moved to try to see if God would open that door honey God didn't give it to you just to torment you he gave it to you that you would pursue the dream that you would arise and say I am going to do the will of God for I must see something happen in my soul for I am hungry I am thirsty and I must have the will of God. Does it not move you today that a preacher would preach until tears fall from his cheeks and it not stir you today? What about the dream? What about the dream? What about the dream? Say, well, Brother Moats, I'm not sure about dreams. Well, then maybe you need to ignore Acts chapter 2. And verse 16, it says, this is that which is spoken of by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see vision and your old men shall dream dreams I don't mind telling you this morning my heart is severely grieved we've allowed our minds to wander off into other things and we come to church expecting a blessing, but that's about all we expect. Brother Motes, what are you expecting? I'm expecting change. I'm expecting a divine move of the Spirit of God. I'm expecting souls to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. I'm expecting there to be divine healings that would occur. Signs, wonders, and miracles. These signs shall follow. These signs shall follow. These signs shall follow. These signs shall follow them that believe. Why aren't we seeing the signs? Because we don't believe. Why aren't we seeing the power? We don't believe. Oh, God. In the book of Luke. It says, 
there was a city in the city a judge which feared not God nor regarded man. There was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearieth me. And shall not God avenge these own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on the earth? And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Oh, God. Hear what the unjust judge said. Is what he said. Hear what he says, though I fear not God, no regard man, yet because this woman troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. I want to tell you something. You want to see the move of God in your life, then you've got to get up and do something about it. You've got to get up and say, I want to see the dream, and I will not stop until it happens. I've made up my mind that I'm going to do it. I don't care what it costs me. I'm going to do it because it's the most important thing in my life. I realize I've got to do all these other things to make it, but the dream is important and I've got to see the dream come to pass. Oh God, I would to God someone would get something down in their spirit and say I've got to have a move of the Spirit of God. I must see the dream come to fruition. After Joseph, or after Jacob, brother, saw the dream of the ladder, heard the voice of the Lord, the Bible says that he made an altar out of his pillows. Then he anointed it. I realize there's a time where we have to rest. God leads us beside the still water. Sometimes we have to rest. But then there comes a time when we got to get up and take those pillows that we rested and anoint the pillow. The Bible says he made an altar out of his pillows and then he turned around and anointed those rocks. Oh, would to God that we would take the pillars that we rested upon and says, all right, now I've got to see a move of God. I'm going to take the same pillars that I rested on and I want to see the anointing of God. I'm going to anoint the things that I rested upon that God can move. And then he called the place the house or the dwelling place of God. He said, I will vow this vow. If God will keep me, then he will be the Lord and he shall be my God. He vowed 
allowed to tithe his blessing. He expected to receive, and it is recorded, that 25 years later, he came back and paid back that vow. I declare it may take a while, but you gotta pursue the dream. You gotta see what God would have in store for you. God will do the rest. Your dream ain't gonna make sense to somebody else. That's why you have to hold it right here. You go telling somebody else, it ain't gonna have the same meaning. It's just gonna roll off like water off a duck's back. Because that dream wasn't for them. That dream was for you, honey. That was for you to dig up. That dream was for you specially, that you would spend time in prayer, that you would spend time in the word and say, God, Lord, I need you. I'm not just talking today, but Lord, I'm asking again, and I'm pushing and believing again that the dream will come to pass. I will see what you have put in my spirit come to pass. I cannot remain where I've been. I've got to move to a higher plane. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, come on, somebody. We need to arise and accept the challenge of the dream that God placed in your spirit many years ago, many months ago, whenever it was, rise and say, I will believe. The enemy of your soul is said, let us slay him and cast him into some pit. We'll say some evil beast had devoured him. And we will see what becomes of his dream. Devils looked in your eyes and said, you got a dream, huh? See, you've got something in your heart you've been pursuing God about, huh? I'll tell you what we're going to do with your dreams. I've got a pit of despair I'm going to cast your soul into. I'm going to beat you up and we're going to cast you into the deepest, darkest pit of depression and despair. And you think that God has left you behind and God has completely deserted you. We'll say some evil beast has devoured you. And then we'll see what becomes of your dreams. Won't be long now. Preach will be done. We can go back to living again. I got a thousand things I need to do when we get done with church. 
The week's already stretching out in front of me. If he'd just get done, then we can get on with living. I'll tell you this in closing today, and don't you forget what I'm saying to you. If you don't pursue the dream, then you're not really living. God expects you to arise from where you are. He does not expect you to get the Holy Ghost and sit down. If you're not growing in God, it should be a disturbing thing to you. If you've not grown in God and you're not maturing in God and you're not pursuing the dream that God has put in your spirit that would propel you to greater things, then there's something wrong in your spirit and you need to get it right with God. I don't care if it is a Sunday morning. I don't care if lunch is looming. I don't care if it is 1225 and it's past the appointed time for me to sit down and shut up. I declare unto you today that this message is God put it on my spirit and I'm going to bring it home to you today. I'm going to let you know that today is a very important message that you don't need to let roll off like water off a duck's back but my God you need to pursue the dream that God has put in your spirit and say I must see the move of God in my soul in my life in my family in my church in my world after all What's a dream worth? Stand with me today. You know what? You're going to be hated for your dreams. I was less than 15 years old when God called me to preach this gospel. And I was but a kid. Just a teenager. I want to do what you want me to do. I had no idea what I was facing. I've had saints that become very frustrated because they were not doing what they were supposed to do. And when I told them what they needed to do, I've had them get in my face say some of the most despicable things I've watched them I've watched them as they'd start to pick at my wife 
say horrible, horrible things to her. I remember one time we was having a conversation, a consultation with a couple that I loved very much, faithful to the church, but yet they got something in their crawl. Lord knows we, we're doing everything we can. So I invited her up to my office, and that woman began to chew on my wife. Sister Bev, it hit her so hard. I'm glad she's not here right now. It hit her so hard. My office had a bathroom in it. And she went in the bathroom and threw up. With them sitting there. And I had to sit there and hold a straight face. invited us to boat ride the next day. We had to swallow all of the pain we had just taken and get on that boat and act like nothing's wrong for hours. Why'd you tell that, Brother Motes? Because you see, that was the price of the dream. Oh God, I want to do more for your kingdom than just warm up you. I don't want to just lead service all the time. You know, I could lead service. I, I led service in large churches, two, three hundred, not a problem. I, but that, that's, that's, that's not what God put in my spirit. That's not what he put in my spirit. I've had people spit things in my face. All you want is money, preacher. It's all you want. Well, I picked the wrong profession. No, no one's attacked me here. But I want to tell you something. I said that to say this one thing. I made up my mind. I'm going to follow the dream that God's put in my spirit. I don't know where all it's going to lead. It may bring some pain. It may bring disappointment. It may bring a lot of things, but I'm still going through because that's the only place that I can feel I'm in the divine will of God. I could sit on a pew and I can let everybody else have all the blessings. I can let everybody else have all the calling. I can let everybody else do all the dreaming, but I'm sorry I can't live that way. I've got to see the dream come to fruition that God put in my spirit I'm still dreaming I'm still believing I'm still pushing but what are you doing today what are you doing today has your mind already left the building or is there something in your spirit that says oh God there is a dream there and I've got to see if there's any dreamers here today. If there's any dreamers today, join me up here in prayer. If God's put something in your spirit and you want you want that to happen. You want it to take place. Then follow me in prayer and say, God.
already important to you. And if it isn't, I feel so sorry for you. Because God has put something in your spirit that is not intended to die.
sing it with us. That's it. Yeah, I had to learn their names again. It's been so long since I've seen them. Oh, I'm picking. I'm glad they're back. Just a minute. We're glad you're back, too. Amen. Amen. Appreciate all of you. Keep in prayer, Brother Charles and Sister Teresa. Uh, they're, I guess they're in Seattle or they're on the boat. Amen. Well, bless them. I'm jealous already, praise the Lord. Not of all the COVID shots, though, they're going to have to take. Not a bit. <laughs> Lord, keep his hand on them in the name of the Lord. Praise God. Brother Justin, would you dismiss us in prayer today? You're dismissed in fear of the Lord. God bless you. We had a birthday last Sunday that birthday. we. Birthday. Last Thursday. I apologize. Birthday. And we did not get it sang. So. Sister Twyla, tell him all about it. Praise the Lord. Amen. 